and gentlemen, good evening. This is WAYT. I'm Charles Edward. Let's get right into it. Today in hip hop history, Sticky Fingers of Onyx was born November 3rd, 1973. Kurt Jones, better known by a stage name Sticky Fingers, is an American hardcore rapper, record producer, an actor best known as a member of multi-platinum hardcore rap group Onyx. Sticky Fingers was discovered by Jam Master J of Run DMC, who signed Onyx on his label, JMJ Records, provided that Sticky would be in the group. His signature lazy eye, raspy voice, and boundless energy brought attention to the group, and he became the front man of Onyx, went on to release three top-selling albums before Sticky Fingers began his solo career. Now, one of the best verses um, that I I think Sticky ever dropped was on Eminem's album on the song Remember Me. I can't even really quote the lyrics because um, it'll probably offend a lot of people out there right now. So I'm just saying, if you want to hear Sticky Fingers at its best, Remember Me from the Marshall Mathers LP from the Eminem album an incredible hip-hop verse happy birthday to sticky fingers That's what's up. driver crisis leads to drastic action as the truck driver shortage that's hobbling the nation's transport and logistics companies continues to inflate costs and delay deliveries trucking recruiters are lobbying for an extreme solution The Wall Street Journal reports up to 80,000 drivers are needed to meet current shortfalls through the end of the year. The American Trucking Association wants to reduce the minimum age of big rig interstate drivers from 21 down to 18. In backing the proposed legislation, industry advocates note that almost a third of drivers are already over age 55. Um... The fact that they're changing it to 18, that could be a great thing for younger people because um, a lot of the dudes that drive big rigs make anywhere between 60,000 to six figures driving. Uh, So that could be an opportunity for a younger person listening to this right now. And with that said though, like, like all these companies are backed up and with the holidays around the corner, like shipping shipping is going to be crazy there's already going to be delays for items that would normally get to you in a timely manner so everyone listening out there um if you're a younger person in your early 20s and right now you're not making that much money a lot of these companies will pay for you to get your class a license um so you can get on the road and and make good money driving. I think the only problem with being on the road is like, it's extremely hard to maintain a healthy lifestyle. A lot of truck drivers, um, because you're on the road, you're usually always eating fast food or unhealthy things. There's some places in America where like everywhere you go, there's nothing but like uh, fast food. And they're, they're called, I believe, food deserts where there's like no, healthy stores around or anything your only option is to 
the bad things. So that's the, the bad stuff to eat. So that's probably the only drawback, but from a positive standpoint, the young people that are hearing this, like if you plan it out right, you could end up with your own trucking company, like an owner operator type of situation. So don't sleep on this right now because these companies are willing to pay for you to get your class A license. In the ongoing war for talent, employers are getting desperate to hire workers and convince existing ones to stay. The labor shortage squeezing industries has emboldened employees to leave their jobs, seek out better ones and voice new demands, including higher pay and better benefits. It's a worker's economy, according to experts, but that doesn't mean employees have all the power. Bosses still command the job themselves, per the New York Times, with some workers receiving warnings or getting fired for causing too much of a ruckus. <laughs> We're in the air where workers don't really care, because it's like, okay, I can get fired and I'll go just find another job because these companies are really desperate right now. And it doesn't help the situation like within California where they're going to start giving people um, $1,000 a month. And this isn't money that they have to pay back. So if they're rolling out those type of programs, then that's more incentive for people to be entrepreneurs. To start their own business, to not put a hundred percent, to put all their eggs in one basket and work for a company. I've seen it before, where people give years and years to one company and then they're left with pretty much nothing. So all the workers out there, keep keep doing their own, th keep doing your thing, and um, do what's best for you. Alright, via Hip Hop DX, Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion's preliminary hearing is set, via Michael Saponera, Tory Lanez shooting incident targeting Megan Thee Stallion will play out in court later this day, a Los Angeles judge scheduled a preliminary hearing for December 14th. Los Angeles County Deputy District Attorney Kathy Ta has reportedly set aside 90 minutes of testimony at the hearing set for next month. Tory Lanez won't be taking a plea deal after Rolling Stone reported plea negotiations happening in September. Tory Lanez, born Daystar Peterson, pleaded not guilty in November 2020 to a pair of felony assault charges including assault with a semi-automatic fire and carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in his vehicle. The Canadian crooner allegedly shot Megan the Stallion multiple times in her feet following a Los Angeles party outside Kylie Jenner's home in July 2020. The Houston hottie had to undergo surgery to have the bullets removed from her feet. Tory Lanez is facing a maximum of 22 years and 8 months behind bars if convicted on all charges. As in every case, the lawyers for the parties discuss the possibility of resolving the case. Lane's attorney, Sean Hawley, stated his case is no different. That said, our position has to what did and did not happen in this matter remains unchanged and Mr. Peterson's plea of not guilty stands.
I don't know. I mean, is it real or is it fake? In the music industry, a lot of times some funny stuff can happen and it can be for media attention. But in this case, I don't feel like either artist needed attention. But there's something weird about a person being shot and then like a week later, them being in a club dancing and partying. I don't know, I feel like it would be like a traumatic situation where you would need a little more time to recover. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. And Tory Lanez is saying he's not guilty. So there, there must be more to the story than what's been portrayed on social media. Who knows what like really, really happened. I mean, for a person to just shoot you in the foot, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, and I kind of didn't want to chime in on it, but it could be something where someone's crying wolf, or it could be something where someone, where it's actually true. Because there's situations where a lot of men are dealing with um, unruly moving right along via hip-hop dx pete rock and Tracklib put aspiring producers to the test with sampling competition pete rock is one of the most revered producers in hip-hop history as one half of the early 90s rap duo pete rock and cl smooth the mount vernon new york native crafted the timeless they reminisce over you troy before solidifying his pedigree with classic cuts for nas the world is yours Public Enemy, Shut Em Down Remix, Run DMC, Down With The King, and many more. Combined with more recent collaborations with Jay-Z, Kanye West, and Busta Rhymes, as well as the third installment of his Pete, Instru- Pete Strumental series that dropped last year. It's safe to say Pete Rock remains the sole brother number one as he enters his fourth decade in the rap game. Salute. Looking to impart his wisdom on the newest generation of producers, Pete Rock has teamed up with Tracklib for their latest beat battle competition to offer one lucky winner the chance to work with the man himself. Staying true to Pete's soul sampling foundation, aspiring producers must create a beat by flipping the 1970s soul gem Handle With Care by Ben Aiken, released on the influential label Philly Groove Records, home to the Delphonics and First choice the winner selected by pete rock will win a one-on-one virtual studio session with the legendary producer as well as an npc live two retro edition worth fourteen hundred dollars autographed by the chocolate boy wonder himself in addition to offering up-and-coming producers this rare opportunity pete rock sat down with Tracklib to reminisce about his journey in hip-hop the 51 year old beatsmith recalls learning how to produce from his cousin, the late Heavy D, falling in love with the sampling through pause tapes and how the EMU SB1200 changed his life. Pete also broke down the making of some of his most iconic productions, including Pete Rock and CL Smooth's They Reminisce Over You, Troy, Nas, The World Is Yours, and Jay-Z and Kanye West, The Joy. You know, working with Kanye in Hawaii at his house, I met Kid Cudi, I met Rick Ross, I met John Legend. He said of his Watch the Throne contribution, I laid like eight beats down and we just narrowed it down to one. 
The sample in the joy was an old Curtis Mayfield song that people loved in the 70s. It was so defining in my household growing up, I remember it and said, you know what, I'm gonna try something with this. I had the beat made for a long time, played it for Kanye one day, and he murdered it. Then he put Jay-Z on it. Pete Rock and Track Lives competition ends on November 28th. More information, including how to submit a beat, can be found at Tracklib's website. as www.tracklib.com. Salute to Pete Rock. He's a freaking legend. Dame Dash is ready to dead beef with Jay-Z after Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shout out. Ever since the death of the Rockefeller Records dynasty, the label former co-owners Jay-Z and Dame Dash have had nothing but harsh words for each other. But after this weekend's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, hosts seem to have buried the hatchet with Dash. Jay shouted out his former label owner saying, I know we don't see eye to eye, but I can never erase your accomplishments. Dame responded with a gracious acceptance of Jay's recognition, recognition, responding the next day saying it was beautiful. He said of Jay's shout out, I'm glad he said it for the culture. We need to squash everything. So hopefully if that was an extended olive branch, I'll spin one back. I have no beef with him if he has no beef with me. Let's get the lawyers out of it then. Let's talk like men, but I definitely appreciate it. The reconciliation almost didn't happen. This summer, the two were embroiled in another riff after Jay-Z's lawyer filed a lawsuit against Dame Dash for trying to auction off Jay's debut album Reasonable Doubt as an NFT this past summer. Dash denied the allegations, claiming that he only wanted to sell his third of the Rockefeller Records dynasty. This is good for hip-hop, period. In a perfect world, this would translate into like Dame Dash executive producing another Jay-Z album. It's probably not going to happen, but hey, you never know. All right. You know what this is, W-A-Y-T. I decided to go through the sources five mic rap albums starting from 84 up until the last one and um what i want to know from y'all after i name all these albums is what is your favorite album out of all these albums all right coming in at number one run dmc with the title album run dmc 1984 Run DMC's self-titled debut is simply hip-hop's first classic album setting a stylistic and musical precedent for future rap releases. Number two, LL Cool J with Radio. Like, we ain't even gotta say nothing. It's LL. Number three, Beastie Boys' License to Ill. That's 1986, LL's radio was 1985. Number four, Run DMC, Raising Hell, Raising Hell, that's 1986. You know the songs, Peter Piper, My Adidas, and it's tricky. Dope, let's keep going. 
Number five, Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded, KRS-One. The Bridge is Over, 1987. Y'all already know. Incredible, incredible. Number six, Eric B. and Rakim. Paid in Full, 1987. Paid in Full was marked by the debut of hip-hop's most influential lyricist, Rakim. Already know, or you should know. Number seven, Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane. Number, and that was uh, 1988. Boogie Down Productions, by all means necessary. KRS One. Already know, 1988. EPMD, Strictly Business. 1988. Jungle Brothers, Straight Out the Jungle. 1988. N.W.A. Straight out of Compton, 1988. Straight out of Compton, basically made gangster rap really mainstream. Even though Ice T came before this, you know what I mean, and Ice T definitely did his thing. Straight out of Compton, like I think that's one of the reasons why they had to put a parental advisory on albums. I could be wrong about that one though. Number twelve. Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, 1988. And there was a lot. They were competing in 1988. Everybody was going in. Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, 1988. Slick Rick, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, 1988. Ask any MC, go ahead, ask him. From Jay-Z to Nas to Snoop Dogg, so many of today's most successful rappers have borrowed something or another from the original ruler, Slick Rick. That's because they all know who mastered the art of storytelling in hip hop. Number 14, Ultra Magnetic MCs, Critical Beatdown, 1988. Number 15, the DOC, No One Can Do It Better. DOC, he's always been an incredible MC. Unfortunately, because the accident, it affected his voice, but No One Can Do It Better is one of the best albums that came out of hip-hop of all time. Number 16, A Tribe Called Quest, People's Instinctive Travels in the Past of Rhythm. That's 1990. Brand Nubian, One for All, 1990. That's number 17. Number 18, Eric B. and Rakim, Let the Rhythm Hit Him, 1990. Some of these, they, the years are um, out of order. But I, I guess it's in order as far as how they rank the albums. Number 19, Ghetto Boys, Grip on It. On that other level, 1989. Number 20, Ice Cubes, America's Most Wanted. Number 21, Main Source, Breaking Atoms. Number 22, 1991, A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory. Number 23, De La Soul. De La Soul is dead, 1991. Number 24, Ice Cube Death Certificate, 1991. Number 25, Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Incredible, 1992. Number 26, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, 1993. Number 27, Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, 1993. Number 28, Nas, Illmatic. That 
Styles 94, number 29, The Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die, 1994, number 30, Scarface, The Diary, 1994, number 31, Mob Deep, The Infamous, Shook Ones Part 2, like, that's one of the, one of the dopest beats of all time, number 32, Ray One, Only Built for Kill Bill Links, Purple Tape, you should know if you don't. Number 33, Tupac, Me Against the World. This is probably Tupac's best album. This is before he went to death row. It's, it's an incredible album. Number 34, Fuji's The Score. Going through this, it's making me realize how much competition there was and how so many people were pushing each other to be better as far as like the music that was being made. Number 35, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, 1996. Number 36, Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Ambitions as a Rider, California Love. Number 37, The Notorious B.I.G., Life After Death. Possibly one of the best double albums that ever came out of hip hop. Number 38, Outcast at Clemini, 1998. Number 39, Dr. Dre, for 2001, number 40, Nas Stillmatic, 2001, 41, Jay-Z, The Blueprint, 42, Scarface, The Fix, and the last album, the last album to get a five mic rating in hip-hop, Little Kim's The Naked Truth. Now, how crazy is it? I'm pretty sure, I think Lauryn Hill's... Miseducation may have got five mics. I'm gonna have to research that one. But looking at this list, <laughs> Lil Kim is the only, uh, well, Lauren Hill's in there for the Fugees. But as far as solo artists, Lil Kim is on here. Now, out of all these albums that I just named, can you can you actually pick a favorite? I know for me it's tough. I know I've probably listened to Dre's 2001 and Jay-Z's Blueprint album more than all these other albums. But all these albums, they're unique in their own right. They're, they all, like, they all impacted hip-hop and pop culture in a major way. And um, they're historic. You can't say that about everything that people are putting out nowadays. Because mainly it's about singles and not necessarily albums anymore. But albums, like that's the groundwork, period. Like if you can't do an entire album, can you call yourself truly a recording artist? Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of WAYT. I am Charles Edward. And as promised, I'm going to keep more music coming to you. And this time, this one's from me. The song doesn't come out till a little later. Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm looking at January. Depending on the response, I might put it out a little earlier. The song is called Netflix and Chill. I'm signing off. Hopefully, all y'all had a great day, great night. Peace out.
chill with you Binge watch whatever we like I'm just being real with you What happened to the time I get so lost with you Passion happens through the night I can't get enough of you Uh, orange is the new black Seems to be your favorite I never saw it, I cold play it your vibes got me feeling right, soul to soul Our connection got this pause in the episode Let your head down, relax mommy, forget work And your girl's problems, uh, time to get naughty